The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I am Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today is another Stoic Jew interlude, where we're not going to focus on a particular text, but we're just going to reflect in a Stoicism, Judaism way on a topic that's been on my mind, which is Yom HaKippurim, which is tonight. Uh, when I'm recording this. So as we know, the theme of memento mori, of remembering your mortality, remembering your death, is a huge part of Stoicism. And uh, the I guess if you want to attach this to a text, uh, then Marcus Aurelius's uh, Meditations 2.11 is a good one. This is the one that the uh, my medallion has on the back. Uh, you may leave life at any moment. Have this possibility in your mind in all that you do or say or think. Now, we also know that this is a huge theme in Judaism, especially with regards to tshuva. Uh, the most concise expression of it that I know of, at least, is in Pirkei Avos 2.10, which says, V'shuv yom echad lifnei misaspa. Do tshuva, you know, repent one day before your death. And uh, and the, you know, the Mepharshim, the, uh, you know, the sages, uh, commentators say on this, you know, how do you know when you're going to die? The answer is you don't, so therefore you should do Teshuvah every day. But the one who really elaborates on this in, in you know, in, uh, I don't know, to my mind, the most thought-provoking way every year is the Rambam. So the Rambam and Hilchus Teshuvah, chapters uh, 5 and 6, he uh, takes up the topic of free will, okay, and spends a lot of time talking about free will. And in the very beginning of chapter 7, he says, Since permission or, or dominion or choice is granted to every person, as we explained, Therefore, a person should strive to do teshuva and to, uh, to you know, shake his hands free of his sins. So that he should die as a Baal Teshuvah, as someone who has done Teshuvah. So that he should merit the life in the world to come. Okay, now this parallels another Marcus Aurelius quotation uh, where he kind of rebukes himself. This is in 437. He says, You will soon die and are not yet simple, untroubled, void of suspicion that anything from outside can hurt you, nor kindly disposed towards all, nor counting wisdom to consist only in just action. Now, obviously, he's going beyond Chuva. He's talking about human perfection, according to Stoicism in general, but he's, he's, he's ch- chastising himself for the fact that you're going to be dead soon and you are not yet in this state of, of, uh, of perfection. And what's interesting is the Ram is not saying that you should um, completely perfect yourself before you die. I mean, that's, you can't completely perfect yourself, but, but becoming a Baal Tshuva, uh, doing Tshuva and becoming a Baal Tshuva and getting rid of your sins, which remember sins are not just halachic transgressions, but also imperfections, uh, which the Ram goes on to explain in chapter seven of Hilchus Tshuva um, and also false ideas. That process you can work on and you can, you can engage in that and be someone who dies as a Baal Shuva, meaning having done that kind of work on your sins and being involved in that work as you die. But then the Ramam says in a more explicit manner, A person should always see himself as though he is inclining towards death. And maybe he'll die on the spot. Maybe he'll die immediately. And consequently, he'll be... Uh, He'll be standing with his sins, literally, meaning he'll 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 die and still have his sins. 
therefore yashuv therefore a person should do teshuva from his sins immediately and he should not say when i get older then i'll do teshuva shema yamus kodem shiazkin maybe he will He'll, maybe he'll die before he becomes old. This is what Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, says in his wisdom. At all times, let your garments be white. Okay, so um, so in other words, you should always, again, this is very, very, uh, you know, uh, this is basic stoicism, but with uh, with a focus on teshuva, which uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if stoicism has a concept of teshuva. Uh, they might have a concept of, I mean, they certainly have a concept of self-correction, but I don't know if that's teshuva. You know, our teshuva is not just getting rid of your faults, but 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 shuva ad Hashem, returning to Hashem, meaning a correct view of of God and yourself and your place in reality. You know. So, so the Ram was emphasizing that that you should view yourself as though you're inclining to death and could die at any moment, um, and that should prompt you to do teshuva in the remaining time that you have. And I came across a really, really beautiful, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a poem, uh, from, well, I guess in Hebrew it rhymes, uh, from Rabina Bachi Ibn Pakuda, the author of the Chovos Halavovos, in the Tochaha, in the admonition in the back. And I'm going to read from Feldheim's English translation here. It's better in the Hebrew, but I'm, I'm not going to read the Hebrew here. Um, this is the translation from Daniel Haberman. So it says, uh, My soul, make provisions abundantly, not meagerly, while you are still alive and able. Sorry, I I, uh, I phrased that wrong because of the capital letters. My soul, make provisions abundantly, not meagerly, while you are still alive and able. For a long journey lies ahead of you. Do not say, tomorrow I will make provisions. For today is gone, and you do not know what the morrow may bring. Realize that yesterday will never return, and all that you did then is weighed, counted, and appraised. Do not say, tomorrow I will act. For the day of death is hidden from all who live. Hasten to do each day the appointed task, for death at any time may send its arrow and bolt. Do not delay doing the prescribed work of each day, for as a bird wanders from its nest, so must man wander from his place. Um, this reminded me of two other passages from Marcus Aurelius before we go back to the Ramam. Uh, 4.17, where he says, Don't live as though you were going to live 10,000 years. Fate is hanging over your head. While you have life, while you may, become good. Which again, we are replacing that with not become good in a universal sense, even though that's the goal, is do teshuva. Uh, and similarly, when he says, uh, you know, I, I, first I didn't know what he meant when he says, um, when Rabina Bakhya says, do not delay doing the prescribed work of each day, for as a bird wanders from its nest, so must man wander from his place. Well, what's this deal with wandering? So that reminded me of Marcus Aurelius Meditations 2.7. He says, do things from outside break in to distract you? Give yourself a time of quiet to learn some new good thing and cease to wander out of your course. But when you have done that, be on guard against a second kind of wandering. For those who are sick to death in life, with no mark on which they direct every impulse or in general every imagination, are triflers, not in words only, but also in their deeds. So the type of wandering that I think he's talking about is the type of wandering that the shofar was designed to wake us up from on Rosh Hashanah, which is Uru Uru Yishani Mishinaschem U Hikitsu Nirdami Mitar Damaschem. You know, wake up, you sleepers from your sleep, and you deep slumberers from your deep slumber. Um, uh, 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 I don't have this in front of me. Um, analyze your actions, return in tshuva, and remember your creator. And then creator. And the Ramam says, um, uh, who are these people? These are the people who spend their entire year immersed in in temporal vanities. Um, 
uh, 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 I'm trying to remember this by memory. Um, which do neither benefit nor save. Uh, look into your souls. Uh, and improve your your actions and your your ways. And um, and abandon each one of you your evil way and your your thought that is not good. Someone's gonna have to check me on the text of that and see if it's correct. But the point is, is that that it, he, when he says wandering, he's really talking about the wandering of the mindless life where you were just going from one temporal vanity to the next. You know, um, living in uh, in trance, as Tara Brach likes to say, or in a virtual reality. Uh, you know, in the future, you're not actually you know, in, in future fantasies. Uh, and uh, and just going from this to one thing to the next, and from this goal to the next goal, and forward, 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 without actually examining who you are right now. Um, that's the type of wandering I think that Marcus Aurelius means, and I think that's the type of wandering that Ravina Bhakti and Pakuda is is warring against because that's our default state. That's what we lapse into if we're not careful. So the question, though, that I really wanted to take up that was all background. The question is, how do you do this? How do you uh, you know remember that you're going to um, you know, that you're going to die. Um, and, you know, there are, there are reminders that we encounter. For example, today I was on, uh, I, I was walking uh, to my car and I saw a dead bird on the ground and I stopped and I looked at it and I thought to myself, this frail dead bird that came into life and then departed, you know, in a blink of an eye Am I really that different? You know, is my uh, is my life really any less uh, you know fleeting? Is my uh, am I really any less frail? Uh, I'm not. And and to compound this, I mean, I was walking, I was walking to my car to drive to a shiva house where um, the the deceased uh, uh, died of of cancer, which was uh, diagnosed in August, and uh, and she died uh, she died this week. Um, and that was, you know, in, 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 you know, just out of nowhere, you know, like, like Rubina Bhagavan Bakuda says, you know, the arrows and, and uh, uh, for death at any time they send its arrow and bolt, you know. So there are these reminders all around us if we open our eyes to them. But the question is, what, what, what can we do today? Okay, it's Erev Yom Kippurim, uh, and And if this is really a, uh, this technique of memento mori, of remembering that you're going to die, is really uh, an impetus, impetus to tshuva, how can we, how can we actively make this present in our minds, you know? And look, you know, thankfully, Chazal and the the various Paitanim, the various, you know, liturgical poets incorporated these themes into our, our our davening, you know, so there are reminders there. But is there something in the halakhic system? And you can tell I'm leading you with this question because the answer is yes, there is something in the halakhic system, okay? So this is something I realized this year, okay? In Rambam, in Hilchos uh, Tshuva, 2.7, when he's writing about the special mitzvah of teshuva and video on Yom HaKippurim, says like this, Yom HaKippurim Huzman Teshuva Lakol. Uh, Yom HaKippurim, uh, the Day of Atonement, is a time of teshuva for everyone. Layachid v'larabim, for the individual and for the many. Yisrael. It is the last opportunity in the year, uh, or it's the ultimate extent of uh, forgiveness and pardon for Israel. Lefikach, therefore, Chayavin HaKol Lasas Teshuva. Therefore, everyone is obligated to do teshuva ulhis vadas biyom hakipurim and to to do vidui to confess on yom hakipurim. Okay, now check this out. 
Mitzvah's vidu yom hakipurim shiyaschil mi erev hayom kodem shiyocha. The mitzvah of vidu yom hakipurim of confessing on yom hakipurim begins on the eve of yom hakipurim before he eats, before you eat your suudah hamafsekas, before you eat your your uh, your last meal. Shema yechanik basuudah kodem shiyizvada. Maybe he will choke on his meal before he confesses. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll get back to that in a second. The afal pi shiyizvada kodem shiachal. And even though he confessed before he ate, he must repeat his confession on the night of Yom HaKippurim in Arvis, in the evening prayer. And he should repeat his confession in Shachris, the morning davening, Musaf, the post-morning davening, Vamincha, the afternoon davening, and Ne'ila, the, uh, the, the gates are closing davening. Okay, where does he do this confession? Yachid Akhar Tfilaso, the individual does it after his own private Shimon Esrei. Ushliach Tzibor Emsa Tfilaso Bibracha Ruviis. And the, the, the Chazan, the prayer leader, says it in the middle of his, his prayer in the fourth bracha. Okay, now, let's just break this into two parts. Okay, let's first of all talk about the mitzvah of Vidu on Yom HaKippurim. Okay, really begins on Erev Yom HaKippurim, on the eve. Uh, the eve of Yom HaKippurim. And why, what's the reason given? Because maybe you'll choke on your meal. So, in other words, we know that we're going to be eating a meal before we go into Yom Kippur, and we call that the Sudah HaMafsekis. Now, ordinarily, perhaps, without this halacha, you would eat your meal, then you would daven mincha of Erev Yom Kippur, and that's when you would, you know, then, you know, well, sorry, let me back up one second. You would, you would daven mincha whenever you daven mincha. Then you would eat your meal, and then you would go into Yom Kippur, and your first vidui, your first confession would be at the night of Yom Kippur. But, because you might die during your meal, then Chazal bumped it up and said, no, you need to do vidui before your meal on, Yom, uh, on Erev Yom Kippurim. Okay, and that is the mitzvah of vidui Yom Kippurim. That's when it starts, okay? Now, statistically speaking, I, I, I haven't looked at a study, but I, I'm pretty confident in the fact that your likelihood of choking to death on your meal is not any greater or any less on Erev Yom Kippurim than it is any time year-round. In other words, you could always choke on your meal and die, right? So why does Halacha frame it this way? And and look, Halacha could have just said that, you know, you you start the Vidui on Erev Yom Kippurim. I don't know, so you go into Yom Kippurim thinking about your sins, or so that you do Teshuva before Yom Kippurim starts, you know? I, halacha could have formulated it in any number of ways. Why does it formulate it in, in, in terms of saying before your meal, because maybe you could choke? So I think the answer is, in order to instill in your mind a sense of memento mori, in order to drive home the fact that you could die at any moment, and even a mundane daily activity like eating could kill you. And if and, and you could, like the Ram says, you could be caught dead without having done teshuva, you know, uh, with your sins. And so in order to, to, you know, what does halacha do? Halacha always, you know, ropes in these universal philosophical ideas and ties them to specific behaviors so that they impact our emotions in a maximal way. So, so we would ordinarily eat before Yom Kippur. We would ordinarily do video in Yom Kippur. What does halacha do? It seizes upon this act of eating, which objectively speaking could kill us just like any other act of eating, but it infuses, it, it ties it to the halacha and to the tshuva and the vidu of Yom Kippurim by, by forcing us to confront our mortality. And, you know, practically speaking, what does this mean for the way that most people daven now? It means that we're going to daven mincha before our final meal. 
early at the earliest opportunity in the day, as opposed to davening right before Yom Kippur starts, right? So it's, 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 it restructures a whole day around memento mori. You know, uh, this halacha is, is is intentionally disruptive so that we think about this, um, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, this this idea now. The Ramam says, even though he, he did vidui before he ate, he should go back and do it again at night. Uh, so it sounds like the Afal P makes it sound like the, you would think maybe that you're Yotze already, that you fulfilled your obligation. Okay, but then the Ram says you do it uh, five more times. Now, here's a trick question. Okay, and I asked this, if you listened to this year I gave last Friday, I, I asked this then. If you ask someone how many viduyim are there on Yom Hakipurim, okay, what 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 are the what answers you're going to get? So you're either going to get people who say five, okay, because you do it for each of the tefilos on Yom Kippurim, Mariv Shachris Musaf Mincha Neila, or they'll say six because they realize that the one before Yom Kippurim it also counts. What's the trick answer? The trick answer is there's only one, but you repeat it five more times, okay. And I'm being medaktik or medayik. Uh, in the Ramam's words, I'm, I'm inferring uh, in the nuance of his language from the fact that he says um, he does not say misvade um, uh, kodem shiochal, you know, confess before you eat, and he doesn't say you know umisvade, you know, ba'arvis umisvade, ba'shachris umisvade. You know, he doesn't say you you confess at each of these fields. He says choser. He says, you repeat it, okay? And this is not the same thing, you know, I haven't looked through every case in the Rama, but let's say, for example, in the laws of, of Kriyashma, he does not say that the law of Kriyashma is to read it in the morning and repeat it at night, or read it in the night and repeat it in the morning. No, there's two separate obligations. You say Shema twice. There's one obligation to say it at night and one obligation to say it during the day. Uh, or let's say with Tfilah. The Ram doesn't say daven at Shachris and then repeat it at Mincha and repeat it at Mariv. No, you have an obligation to daven at Shachris, you have an obligation to daven at Mincha, and you have an obligation to daven at Mariv. But by Vidui, he says you repeat it. So what does that mean? So we've said that the Vidui on Erev Yom Kippurim has a special character to it. It's a Vidui before death. It's a Vidui of recognizing that I could die when I eat my next meal, therefore I have to do Vidui uh, beforehand, because it might be too late. So it, it's a it's a vidui of memento mori. It's a vidui of mortality. Okay, and and that vidui is repeated in shachris musaf mincha or arvis shachris musaf and, and, and mincha niila. Okay, and the way my chavrusa Isaiah put it is, he said, the, "What you should be thinking." I really like this. Uh, what you should be thinking when you do, when you say vidui before your meal is. I'm doing vidui now because I might die at my meal. Okay, then you eat your meal. Then you go to shul tonight. Okay, and then at mariv, when you do vidui, you shouldn't just say, "Okay, I'm doing the vidui of mariv." No, no, no. You should say, "Now that I made it through my meal, now that I'm still alive, I'm going to say vidui again." And then at shachris, you don't just say, "Okay, this is the vidui of shachris." No, no, no. It's now that I God has granted me these these few precious more moments. I should do vidui at shachris. So what you're doing is you're extending the character of memento mori into each of the viduim at each of the five tefilos of the day, and that's what permeates the vidui and the teshuva of your entire Yom Kippurim. So 
So I, 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 that's that's the uh, the tool that I'm going to intend to use this year uh, for Memento Mori is that, yeah, there are plenty of tools. You know, thank God, literally thank God for giving us all these tools to think about these ideas and to facilitate our tshuva. But this is just one I hadn't noticed. And since Vidui is one of the central mitzvot on Yom Kippurim, uh, then it really um, it really can be used as, as a good tool of remembering death and having that sense of urgency that uh, that Chazal and Marcus Aurelius uh, talk about. So, yeah, that is it for today's episode. Um, if you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Um And if you have any other thoughts, by the way, about this between now and Yom Kippur or on Yom Kippur, please feel free to share them with me because uh, I, um, you know, I want to be as prepared as I can in the remaining time that I have here. Um, yeah, uh, so that's that. Uh, I said the Patreon thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zell and PayPal are Matt-Schneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or a tutor, you can reach me at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone and uh this is officially the end of season five of the stoic jew podcast um whether or not we start up again before circus remains to be seen uh but uh if uh, i hope to to speak to you and see you on the other side of yom hakipurim uh have a gemar chasimatova